Welcome back to Run Through Presents Gone Running. It is Ben Shepard here with the final episode of 2022. And if you've been enjoying the show over the past couple of months, please do make sure you are subscribed and you have left us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts as well. It really does help us out in those charts. On to today's guest. His name is Nick Bester. You probably will have seen Nick across social media. He's built quite the following for himself, but the reason behind that is his story. He coaches so many athletes to smash their goals and PBs through, really, his running experience, having taken his own marathon time from 3.17 down to 2.20. Current PB standing at 2.20.08, which he clocked in Berlin in 2022, just seconds off that elusive sub-2.20. And he actually thought he had it, which you'll hear in this conversation as well. We get into that, we get into his next race and many other things in between. So I do hope you enjoyed this episode of Run Through Presents Gone Running. And without further ado, let's get into it with Nick Bester. So I'm Nick Bester, um, also known on Instagram, my handle is just a little Bester. I'm a 2.20 marathoner, 2.20.08 marathoner, um, trying to break 2.20 in the marathon distance. And I'm also, uh, I would say online coach, but I do a lot of uh, in-person coaching as well. So call it just a running coach in general. Um, went full-time into running coaching about two years ago now. Just over two years ago, and um, yeah, I haven't looked back once since. Started a, an athletics club called Best Athletics. It's um, exponentially growing, which is awesome to see, and um, such a good vibe, supportive group of people. So just proud to be a part of it, and um, yeah, I'm on a mission to try and get as quick as possible um, and help as many as I can get there. So it pretty much sums up my life over the last two and a half years. Big question, then straight off the bat: Why running? Um, so why running? Probably because the parents-in-law were runners and I wanted to impress them. Started with that. Um, and that's not even me joking. And, um, <laughs> I've just been trying to get faster ever since. So yeah, I've, I've always had a sporty background, been quite competitive. Um, and I guess running has been for the last nine years now. And it must feel quite special as well. Obviously you mentioned the coaching side of things couple of questions on this really that decision to go full on into coaching full time and then kind of removing the safety blanket of everything else was that a nerve-wracking one completely completely um it was stressful nerve-wracking i always say i used to sleep nicely at night um and even now i don't really you know my mind's always active always busy because ultimately whatever you put in you get out and um you know when i in my corporate days um, it's not like I hated it. I, I quite enjoyed it, but um, I was never truly passionate about it. But at the end of the day, you know, your, my salary was my salary. Um, you know, my bonus was my bonus. Um, and th- that completely changed when you when I went full-time into coaching. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, call it, shock to the system for the first few months and still catches me by surprise uh, every now and then. Your your mind just constantly goes and thinking of ideas and doesn't ever switch off. But at the same time, I'm doing what I love now, what I'm passionate about um, and probably what I'm better at. So I can't complain. And what's it like seeing those people that you coach achieve 
amazing things because that's got to that's got to in some ways almost feel better than running PBs your end. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So um, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's almost like if I had to describe it, it's like having kids that do really well in school <laughs> yeah. or something, and you're just so super proud of them. It's like that sort of feeling because yeah, when you work with an athlete and you see them achieve a PB that means so much to them, um, it's just rewarding and so awesome. And um, you know, ultimately it's the runner and the athlete that puts the work in. But as their coach, if you can help them get there and, and you do help them get there, it's super, super, super rewarding. One of the most rewarding industries, I must say. Thankfully, though, uh, in that analogy of them all being like kids, you don't have to buy them all trainers and kit because that would be an absolute nightmare <laughs> than there are now. <laughs> exactly. No, no, for sure, for sure. It's a, it's a similar type of love, but a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. I think they, they, they definitely can be needy, but kids can be a little bit more needy. So, <laughs> so that elusive 220, mate, that is that is uh, kind of alluded you to this point. Um, yeah. Closest you got to... 2008 crossing the line at Berlin how did that feel what was that feeling like because obviously that is an unbelievable time but mm. for you you would have been disappointed I guess yeah yeah uh yeah you pretty much nailed it so in the back of my mind I knew it's it's an unbelievable time um you know even for me having come from a, a 317 marathon background to not to 220 knocking off almost an hour is like incredible for me. Like it's literally almost seems surreal uh, in many ways. But at the same time, I'd visioned, obviously I'd had a few attempts before and I'd visioned that moment and I really truly believed, especially, you know, in the second half, I was feeling good and, and I was putting in a huge shift, negative splits. And I truly believed that I was under 220. Um, so to realize that I'd come up just short in the last sort of 50 meters, that was only when I realized it. Uh, was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to lie by saying I wasn't, I was extremely disappointed because you know what? I'd vision that moment breaking 220 and I truly believed I could throughout the whole eight week block. Um, and that's what gets you out of bed in the mornings. You, you do those sessions, you work so hard for those few seconds. And, um, yeah, there were a few things like on the way to, to Germany, actually, I ordered a coffee. I just remembered right now, I ordered a coffee at um, Costa Coffee and they didn't have decaf. So the guy said, but instead of decaf, I'll give you a normal coffee and I'll give you two pastries of choice. So I chose like a big almond croissant and a massive like cheese stick pastry. And this was after I'd had dinner and I was just like, it's free. Let me have it. And I had it and I even wondered, I was like, if I miss it by a few seconds, I wonder if it's going to come down to this. Oh, this no. uh, you can't be blaming stuff like that. But yeah, that was pretty funny that it actually did come down to a few seconds. So um, you know what? I was, I pulled off to the side and um, I just took it. I always take a bit of time and yeah, I just, I suppose, vented in a way. Um, a few mates had finished just behind me. They came up to me, asked if I was okay. And my honest answer was that I wasn't okay. Um and yeah, they kind of reminded me that it's still an amazing achievement. It was still a PB. And uh, probably after about 15 minutes did I realize that I'm okay. I'm breathing. I'm healthy. It's fine. It's a PB. Uh, and then I just, I've been pretty much celebrating the PB ever since then. I think some days I wake up, it still haunts me. But at the same time, it keeps me motivated, keeps me on my toes. And I can't wait to have another crack at Seville in February. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? You know, in your heart of hearts that it's there you know that you're you're going to get it. It's just when you'll get it, which I'm imagining is going to be in Seville in February. Um, 
but it's 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 just that at that moment there's there's no there's no one telling you that it's going to be okay is it you need to go through that period of 15 20 minutes or however long it takes you just to be like oh for goodness sake like this this was this is my dream for the last however many weeks the block and unfortunately it was missed but then for you um you were going on to run another few marathons over the next few weeks because coming to pace going to pace in london and then out yeah. to south africa as well in chicago how, yeah. how did you kind of brush it off and think right got these to do now as well yeah so obviously berlin was my my main goal and i didn't really yeah. think about the others because if I, I knew in the back of my mind if i knew i was doing them um that i would maybe subconsciously hold it a little bit back so in my mind at berlin i was like this is the only one you know this is the one that truly counts if i if i give it my all and and can't run after this for six weeks it's fun you know the rest was a bit of fun um but honestly it was the most amazing thing you know what it was an opportunity for me to really enjoy these races often uh i go out hard and you enjoy the results but you you hurt for a lot of the race um as you know when you're pushing you know pushing hurts um it's always worth it but uh it was nice to just run sort of below comfortably below threshold for a lot of them soak in the crowds you know i i always said um i would help other people in races where i'm not actually racing so it was so nice to be able to like consistently pace groups of runners that wouldn't normally consistently pace at that sort of um pace so that was amazing um yeah i had the time of my life at london literally just soaked up the crowds and, and obviously anya absolutely killed it chicago was very cool uh it was a bit of a weird feeling because i went off at 220 pace for the first 10ks just because i thought i stood an outside chance but reality sort of smacked me in the face and um that was fine i pulled off to the side of the road and waited for uh, a mate who was coming through so that was a very strange experience because i was pulled off for about 11 minutes just supporting people okay. and um i suppose it's not normally in my dna and nature I'm normally like go hard so that was pretty strange but it was cool in a way um and then yeah i paced the 240 pack there and then cape town marathon um also try to help out a few people where i could but yeah the struggle got real towards the second half of cape town i realized this is probably tougher than i thought look i don't know what i was thinking but um it was tough but then at the same time the harder you work for things the sweeter it feels so to cross that finish line at cape town was just almost an emotional one for me and it was kind of hit me by surprise and it was good to to get over that line that's for sure so yeah four and four was awesome i um i watched all the videos on your youtube which i'll link in the description of this as well and the one that you can see that you're the most emotional at is Cape Town. You can you can just see that obviously it's going home as well and enjoying that yeah. and but crossing that line that seemed like to me as a viewer that seemed like the most special one. Yeah, for sure. It kind of like took me by surprise in a way because I think you know what with like 15 k's to go I was just like just get to this line come on come on come on so I was just grinding through every k whereas the other marathons weren't like that at all really um and so to finally get over it I was like oh this is the end <laughs> party season can start now uh yeah first time my mom's watched me race which was pretty cool um so so yeah that was definitely Look, marathon running's emotional as it is, you know, but that was that was quite a, a proud moment um and really happy to have crossed the line there. Yeah. You mentioned earlier on in this conversation about going from a 317 to to where you are now, which will be a sub 220 in February. Um 
if you could go back and speak to Nick now with everything you know, all of the knowledge you have as a coach, Nick, who's run that 317, what would be your advice to him? So you know what? I probably wouldn't have changed too much in my journey. Um, I think the way that things have worked out is that I've been able to progress year on year. And, um, you know, hopefully that continues next year. No, let's be positive. Definitely would continue next year. Um, And I think had I tried to, you know, attack things too hard in my early days, who knows? I might have peaked a bit earlier. Um, I might have got injured. Who knows? But I'm really, really like proud of the way things have, have played out. I think um, one bit of a tip and advice that I would ha- have given myself when I first started running was to do all the little bits and pieces around just running. You know, my first three years, I was just running. That was it. I never, ever um, did like runner's mobility, strength, stretching, foam rolling, um, sports massage, uh, massage guns, focusing on nutrition, recovery, nothing. I was just running and um, the people, what the people around me did. So all those little extra bits, um, all of that stuff adds up. And when the margins get fine, um, ultimately, you know, you, you train to a productive level, but it's those little bits and pieces all around the running that actually make the big difference um, that get you those PBs. So, yeah. Do you ever think about what you're going to do after you run 220? Because this is obviously a big goal. Like this is something that you've wanted to do for a while now. What what what's kind of going to be your mentality once you do it in February? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to take up golf very seriously. <laughs> like Gareth Bale, going back to my golfing days because golf's a hard sport. You need to put in a lot of time to improve. So, um, no, but on, on all seriousness, you know what's actually actually haven't thought too far above two twenty. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to really tick that box off first. And then the margins start getting super fine because you you can't go for like journey to sub 220, break it, and then try and break 219 because like what's the point? You know, I'd like to knock off a full hour of my marathon time. So from 317 to 217. But then at 217, you start getting very close to like sort of like Commonwealth Games qualifications. And you know, things start getting a little bit more serious. So I don't know. I don't want to look too far ahead. I, I would love to really get to a stage where I can say, okay, I've peaked. This is it. But I feel like I'm far from there. And uh, with hard work and grounding, who knows where I'll get to. I never ever thought I'd get to, to 220. Um, but I, like I said, I feel like there's a whole lot more. So so who knows? And people will be watching this saying, oh, I could, I could never get to 220 or I could never get to a another time 230 245 sub three sub 330 sub whatever what would be sort of your advice to them saying well there's no way i could ever get something like that exactly yeah so going back to your question what would you have told myself like 10 years ago when i started running if i said i'd do a 220 marathon i probably would have laughed at you like there's there's no way that's 317 i was completely cooked and broken and i was like i don't know if i can ever go faster than this um but ultimately, um, instead of putting like numbers on it from the start, I think the best thing is to just is to work hard. Um, keep your love and enjoyment there, but work hard consistently over a period of time, and that's what brings results. So you're not just gonna you know smash the lights out, especially in the marathon distance with like a month of training. But once you've couldn't train uh, train year on year, and your body gets more used to the load the volume, you worked out a structure that works best for you. When you add all those little wins up along the way, that's when you start seeing big results. Um, and then from there, you can be like, okay, cool. Set another mini target, mini target, mini target. And when you look back, who knows, you could have knocked off, you know, an hour off your marathon time. But I think it's 
it all comes down to just setting mini targets, going for those mini targets, working hard for them, um, rather than just saying, you know, I'm a four and a half hour marathoner and I want to run a 231 day. Because who knows, you could be capable of it or you could not be capable of it. But training, the proof will be in the pudding. So train hard, the results will come. Keep training and see where you get to. What's your favorite thing about running? That's a big question. But the like one thing that you'd say, that is that is what I can pinpoint. And that is why I absolutely love it. Okay, I've got three things. Is that okay? Okay, well, yeah, you can have them. <laughs> yeah, the, have the first one is the endorphin release that you get from the sport. Um, you know, if you're having just a, a rubbish day and you go for a run, you always feel better. Um, the second thing is the people you meet. Um, met some very, very cool people that I would not have met if it wasn't for running. And the third thing is uh, the traveling side of things because... And a good example is doing the four and four weeks. I was obviously in Germany, then back to London, then to Chicago, and then to Cape Town. So it's just an awesome way to travel. The best way to experience the city is to run through it. You experience it quite quite well. And um, yeah, I probably wouldn't have gone to half the countries I did if I, if I didn't run. So just a really cool way to to travel and make a holiday out of it. How was the body after four and four? The body actually wasn't too bad. Um, a lot of people thought that there was a big chance of me getting injured. Um, you know, obviously it's not very sustainable for a lot of runners, let's say, or the smartest thing to do. But it was all in the preparation. The preparation was key. And um, those that follow me on Strava sort of knew I was doing big 100-mile weeks to prep for it. A lot of my longer runs I was doing was actually more intense than the marathon race day itself. So um, the preparation was key for it. The body felt pretty run down at the end let me not lie i think a lot of it was due to the traveling the jet lag lack of routine lack of normal nutrition um that stuff played a big role i think the running obviously did play a role as well but the other stuff more of a role um and then i think you know what followed by two to three weeks of full blowout party season uh meant that i came back and i've had to grind very hard like very hard and it's been a struggle and tough but today was the first day that I actually felt like I'm finding a bit of form. So it's been three and a half weeks of hard work to feel half decent for the first time today. So that just shows you it actually took a lot more out of me than I thought. And where do we go from here then leading up to uh, a marathon early 2023? Where where does your training start to ramp up to those big mile weeks again? Or where are you at the moment and, and where are you where are you kind of going over the next 12 weeks? Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, I think we actually, within 12 weeks now, I always do an eight-week strict marathon block. So eight weeks out, I find more than enough time, um, especially if you've got a good base. So subconsciously, I'm training for Seville, but I actually haven't consciously locked it in. Um, so I've set a mini target on route, which is a a 30-minute 10K target, uh, which I'm actually going to go for at a run-through event, run-through Battersea. Uh, on the 10th of December, myself, Matt Fox is doing it as well. Uh, there's a whole lot of best athletic runners, which is just going to be cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pushing my boundaries. I don't know if I'm there quite yet, but you don't know unless you try. So let's risk it for the biscuits. Um, and then after that, it's pretty much two weeks and then the eight week block. So I always like encourage runners, especially outside of marathon season to take recovery after the race, first of all, then come back, look to do shorter distance work. So target maybe like a 5k or a 10k. Um, and then from there, use that speed, pivot off that, and then build in those longer solid runs 
um, and get the stamina all the way through to the race day. So eight weeks out, I'll lock it in, which is bang on Christmas. Um, and why I'm doing Seville is because I'm expecting another little one at the beginning of April. So Seville is the 19th of February. So got to go for it then because I don't know if it's going to happen with two little ones in the house. <laughs> and you, you've stood on many a start line, but Seville is obviously that thing that you're looking forward to at the moment. And that's the overarching goal and you're hitting these little goals leading up to it, like you said. What do you think? What do you think you're going to feel like standing on on the on the start line of Seville? Where's your Where's your headspace going to be? Do you reckon? Just hoping it's a good day. Hoping it's a good day. You know what? So I've run two twenty twice this year. I went two twenty fifty nine at Rotterdam and two twenty oh eight. So um, I know I'm there. I'm going to train a little bit harder. Like I said, remember every year you your body gets a little bit used to the running. More you're able to handle a bit more. So I'd really like to get into comfortably under 220 shape well you never. i'm never going to be comfortably under 220 but when it comes down to a few seconds it's risky business because if you fall the right side the wrong side like i can't go through that emotional pain again <laughs> um so yeah i really want to just have a good day if i have a good day i'm there um so yeah that's what I, that's what i'll be hoping for at the start line just be just to be positive and i think i'm going to take it out slightly more aggressively than i did at berlin berlin the strategy was to do a negative split it's worked well for me in the past but i felt like if i do that at a big marathon like that you end up running the second half pretty much solo and um, i would love to have people and groups around me so vil's got big groups of of sub t20 runners so to just get in a nice pack hang in there and hopefully you know get into that zone and, and let the kilometers tick by mm-hmm.